Good morning, and thanks so much for tuning in today. Whether you're enjoying your morning coffee, just now tuning in, on your way to a hike, or headed to breakfast at one of our many chamber member restaurants, we appreciate that you're joining us for Profiles in Business. This is our opportunity to talk business and highlight what's happening in our community, especially now during COVID. Today, I'm joined by Bonnie Shock of the Fox Theater. But before we get started with Bonnie, I want to thank some of our show's sponsors for Profiles in Business. These sponsors are members of the Tucson Metro Chamber because they support the work we do in workforce development, for talent attraction, on legislative issues, and more that positively affect not only Tucson businesses, but our community as a whole. After all, our mission is to champion an environment where your business thrives and our community prospers. When we work together, we'll create change for the better through collective impact. Those sponsors are the Institute for a Better Education, Long Realty Company, Love It and Touche, Meridian Wealth Management, and Mr. Carwash. We thank each and every one of those committed chamber members. Bonnie brings 25 years of professional nonprofit arts leadership experience to her role at the Fox. She has been a presenter, producer, stage director, grant maker, interdisciplinary arts educator, and practitioner, and led a range of organizations and projects. She holds a master's in fine arts and stage directing from the University of Minnesota, and her work has been supported by the NEA National Dance Project, Bush, McKnight, and Jerome Foundations, and she's been featured in American theater and recognized as Best Theater for New Work and Best Experimental Theater. Prior to the Fox, she led the historic Sheldon Theater Performing Arts through Programming Renaissance, where a series she created garnered national attention as a feature in Inside Arts Magazine, an industry publication focused on performance trends. She served as the program officer at the Minnesota State Arts Board, guiding the largest state investment in the arts in the nation, specifically building the arts tour program where she gained comprehensive knowledge of performance touring. She has a leadership fellow with the Association of Performing Arts Professionals, the Shannon Institute, and the Bush Foundation's Creative Community Leadership Program. Bonnie has a lifelong commitment to the transformative power of the arts at both the individual and community levels. She has a particular love of historic venues for the rich tapestry of history, memory, and emotion that they hold, and the endless possibilities for community connection they provide. Good morning, Bonnie. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So as I was closing out on your bio, those last two sentences about your lifelong commitment to the arts and your particular love of historic venues and the rich tapestry of history and how all of that brings community together. I think that right there defines the Fox. Absolutely. And it's what drew me to the Fox. You know, it's this kind of intersection of um, the performing arts and the, the magic and wonder that happens uh, when artists and audiences get to exchange energy in space together um, and these spaces and places that are special like the Fox and have long histories 
uh, people have built memories in these spaces and have had wonderful experiences. And so it's really the kind of place that um, can bring it all together and really create and shape community. For maybe some of our new uh, citizens, or perhaps there are some visitors in town listening to this show, can you talk about the history of the Fox? Sure. Well, the Fox is one of the, uh, is an old movie palace, an original movie palace. It was built in 1930 um, originally um, as a movie palace. And I use that word palace because, you know, in the 1930s and the the late 20s, the way that uh, folks approached uh, building spaces like this was with real attention to Uh, spectacle in the architecture uh, and this sort of sense of grandeur of these spaces and the kind of occasion that it was to attend an event, a movie. It's a big deal. Um, And the Fox itself was, was built to be the, the most impressive um, uh, theater in Tucson. Uh, So that was the intention at the time. And um, it, it lived its life and fulfilled that, that goal as people called it the place to be in Tucson and really thrived as, um, as a movie palace uh, for many years. And then as movies um, declined um, in the world and as downtown spaces also changed um, in the sixties and seventies and development shifted into suburbs, um, the Fox declined um, quite a lot, as many of these single screen uh, venues did. Um, it closed and fell into disrepair. Um, and then um, in the late 90s, a group of, uh, so it was closed for about 25 years total. Um, in the late 90s, it um, a group of citizens came together and decided it was time to bring the Fox back and renovate the Fox. And there was a many year effort from the late nineties until 2004 on December 31st of 2004, uh, the Fox reopened to the public and it had been completely renovated, um, full historic renovation um, to um, combine actually lots of those wonderful historic details with uh, state-of-the-art contemporary production um, ability. So it's now a lot, mostly live performance venue, and, uh, but we still hold a commitment to classic films and movies that, that people love so much. How would you define what the Fox Husan Theater does? Yeah, well, we talked a little bit about community just a second ago, and ultimately that's what it is. Um, our, we actually just put out a, a brand new mission statement. The, the, we took some time to re-articulate some of our um, primary function, and, um, and that statement is that we enliven Tucson. Uh, And we do that fostering community growth and connections by shaping exceptional live arts experiences in what we see as a celebrated setting. Um, So that's really what we're about is uh, this notion of um, facilitating a positive sense of place and connectedness of making it possible for people to build and hold cherished memories um, and and then to create transformational arts experiences for people of all ages in Tucson. So how does the Fox operate? Is it a nonprofit, a private business? Like, what does that model look like? 
Yeah. Well, we are we are not five hundred one c three nonprofit. Um, we also um, generate a huge amount of revenue from ticket sales. Um, we typically are in a normal year, which of course this last uh, 14 months has been anything but normal uh, for our organization. But our typical business model um, has us generating about 75%, between 70 and 75% of our overall revenue uh, from earned revenue, from ticket sales and other things associated directly with events. And then uh, we raise uh, between 25 and 30% uh, from charitable giving. Um, and that's been the, the history of the Fox over the last um, 15 years or so since we reopened to the public and have been operating uh, with this live performance uh, model. Um, so there's a good deal of subsidy that goes into, into what we do um, in order to make it work and in order to make it really thrive. Um, one of the things I think that is uh, maybe people don't realize about organizations like ours is the the economics of touring which is what we which is what we do so we're not a producing theater we're a presenting house and so we primarily host touring work we also do a great deal of support of local events we co-promote um, or or simply rent um, sometimes to local partners um, and others who utilize the space so um, it's a combination of different kind of relationships to the what comes on stage uh, but within that um, we are primarily a presenter so our job really, the key thing that the Fox does is communicate. Um, we are helping to connect audiences with events and with things that they care about or excited about. And as I mentioned before, specifically in a space like the Fox. So that it's that sweet spot combination in the Venn diagram of, you know, this cool artist or this wonderful event that you're watching your son or daughter or husband or whatever, do a thing that they do on stage um, in this special unique frame that is the Fox Theater. Uh, so that's really how we, we intersect. And, and what we really do best is to tell people that story of why this is interesting, um, why you wanna see this, and then ultimately to create a great experience when people arrive um, that allows them to build those memories. So what role do you feel the arts organizations like the Fox play in the business community? Yeah, um, I think that um, arts organizations and particularly performing arts organizations, uh, which are in the business of gathering people together, um, have a, a unique role to play. Uh, we are conveners. We are a um, ultimately a kind of triple bottom line organization where we not only are generating revenue and economic activity by bringing people into downtown, for example, for events, uh, and then they spend their money in other places and um, make it a whole evening. But we also are that additional bottom line of um, quality of life where the kind of experience that we bring uh, shapes a stronger, more attractive 
a community that can support a, a variety of different businesses. So I really feel like our thriving art sector is an essential component for any thriving uh, business environment. But it is part of how people make decisions about where to live. It's part of how um, we ensure that like a downtown, like <laughs> Tucson's is um, active and vibrant and keeps people there, not just for their work day. Uh, so there's lots of different ways that arts organizations are really central to, to a, a, a well-rounded business environment that can retain and attract talent. You know, I was thinking about that as you were giving that answer, because one of the main issues the chamber hears about is workforce development. And one of the stems to that, of course, is that talent attraction component because mm -hmm. our partners at Sun Corridor can bring those companies here. However, those companies, when they are deciding Tucson versus somewhere else, the number one thing they ask is, do you have the talent to fill our positions? Right. And we know, especially uh, Gen or Gen Y or whatever we're calling them and millennials, they are really looking at that quality of life. And for them, it's, I want something to do. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's having our strong city of gastronomy is an important component. But then we have a significant uh, theater and fine arts culture here that I think so many either underutilized or don't even know it exists. Right. And that's always so exciting when people like my mom come in town and she has a house here. And, and isn't able to live in it full time yet, but she's from Houston and she goes to the theater actively throughout the year. And when she hears about our live performances here and the volume and diversity in the shows, she finds that so exciting, much yeah. like the talent we're trying to recruit here. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and Tucson's, Tucson's arts scene overall, both performing arts and visual arts, is remarkable for a town of its size. And I think it's telling that, you know, in a way, the revitalization of downtown Tucson that, you know, began in the late 90s, uh, the Fox was really a, a linchpin project. You know, in those efforts, and it, it's it's true that festivals and murals and um, opportunities to go do things, a variety of different things, and museums, etc. These are all things that, even if people don't do them every day, um, they are a part of what make um, an exciting place to live and somewhere you want to stay, um, or raise your kids, or retire. Uh, or whatever it may be. Um, so I, I think it's really, Tucson is remarkable in that way and the, the kind of variety of experiences that are readily available. And we're yeah. really proud to be sort of a flagship, you know, a space, a symbolic space, an iconic space of that. Well, and mm. I love that you said flagship because I sit there and I picture the Fox and you have this huge marquee and it's all lit up in lights. I mean, you a flagship is, very appropriate name yeah. for the Fox Theater. That's a part too of how we really see our role is 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 partly as a, a key contributor uh, to 
to the messaging, right? And to the and to living out that message of um, this downtown and this all, overall community uh, that is um, rich with opportunity and um, interesting, diverse things to do and and be. So you are in the business of performing arts uh, and you've worked in several different areas of that business. What advice would you give to someone who wants to pursue a career uh, on that side of performing arts? Hmm. Yeah, it, there's a lot of different jobs that are available um, in the performing arts uh, and in the arts in general, many of which are completely invisible. Um, including my job, which uh, quite often is invisible. Um, I tend to be a bit of a figurehead. Executive directors tend to to be out there in the public a little bit more than some others. But but the sort of administration work that's behind the scenes to make it all run well is often unseen. Um, and I mean, my advice: things are different now in the industry than they were when I was coming up in it. Uh, as is probably the case in most industries, where there's tends to be much more formal training that's available if people are want to do that. You know, you can actually pursue an MBA in arts administration now in some places, and you can get advanced degrees in in arts leadership, that kind of thing. And those things are weren't available at the time that I was getting my education. Uh, so really, it was uh, you dive in and you do the job. And you do lots of different jobs in order to learn the industry and um, see it from a lot of different sides because it's definitely a, a web of um, different roles uh, coming together. But ultimately, I think you, you look at um, what your strong skills are. For me, I, was a, I learned pretty quickly that I wasn't really great on stage, uh, even though that's what you see. And that's what initially attracted me and attracts lots of people. Uh, but uh, I was good at putting pieces together and trying to connect the dots and that sort of project management and producing and finding the economic resources and the talent resources and all those things. So looking carefully at what your skill sets are for how they fit into the many different roles in the performing arts, I think, is, is what makes it work. That makes sense. And, and executive directors across industries largely, I think, have that skill set. It, it, yeah. it is the, you have to keep the vision, pull those pieces, which is just as challenging as anything else. And, um, but it's gratifying to be able to see that vision come alive, uh, even yeah. if you're behind. For sure. For sure. So the Fox, uh, understandably, has been closed the last you know 14 months what's been the biggest hurdle i think the biggest hurdle has been the uncertainty and the the constantly changing timeline um you know at this time last year we were under the impression and making plans for uh, reopening in you know june or july replanning events um, we then rescheduled those events and rescheduled them again and planned to open for the holidays and redid, redid that work. So that process of sort of constantly having to adjust in an industry where the planning time horizon is generally six months or more in order to make things really work, in order to have all the resources that you need in place <laughs> and to communicate effectively and all those things, 
um, it's typically at least a six month planning time horizon and really more like a year um, to put together a season and map it out and build it, communicate, have staff in place, all those things. So that's really been the, the most difficult thing uh, to, to try to help both myself and then and guide the staff, the sm much smaller staff too, which is the other key challenge um, to keep keep on it and keep planning and keep looking toward you know, sort of as far down the road as you can see uh, until you get there and then you can see further. I can imagine those challenges. I mean, the fact that you talked about how the Fox is really used as a venue for touring professionals to try to schedule that and reschedule that, uh, that definitely seems like an impossible task. We're in process right now of planning an announcement for the rest of 2021. So I'm going to be just a little bit coy. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It's easier. It's um, good. But, um, you know, that that's what we're shooting for is actually the fall of 2021. And uh, in order to really bring our staff back online, get all the various components in place that need to be in place, um, we struggle with the... Um, the economics of uh, a large scale venue where, um, you know, if you bring 50 people into our venue and put all the systems online that are to support 50 or 1100, doesn't matter. The systems are, are the same that need to come online. And for the most part, the staffing is similar too. Um, uh, we struggle with that, that the economics are such that you just, you, you can't go with just 50. Um, and it's interesting because when you talk about films, that's part of what took down single screen movie houses is their size, right? They were, they were created at a time when movie going experience was, like I said before, this grand occasion and everybody came out and went. And now we have a very different relationship to movie going and that the multiplex happened and we sort of split up that, that that pattern and made it different. And, but the economics of these large buildings were built on that earlier uh, process. And so the economics of touring and, and live performance touring is also built on that, you know, that notion of scale. Um, and so uh, we are planning an announcement for our, for fall and some of it will involve films for sure. And also live events. That's certainly exciting. So yes. we're almost out of time. What closing remarks would you have? I'm new to the Tucson community. I'm a, I'm a, a transplant, right? I'm the new executive director. I started just a few days before the Fox shut down last year, started on March 9th and the venue closed on March 12th and we haven't been open since. And during this 14, 15 months of time, um, I am moved and thrilled by the reality of this asset, this amazing space that, uh, that this community has built and invested in again and again, right? We make the choice to keep historic spaces alive and active. And that the fact that Tucson has continued to make that choice uh, is remarkable. And everyone should, I, I feel like everyone should just 
name that and claim that and feel proud of that. That, that we, that as a community, we've chosen to do that. And I hope that we continue to choose to do that um, in order to keep the kind of diversity that uh, we talked about before that makes it a wonderful place to live. You know, that is a perfect segue because you didn't even know I was going to make this next statement, which is, you know, I, I recognize that 70, 75% of your revenue are based on ticket sales and overnight that revenue went away. So what I was going to do is pitch to our listeners that they can donate to the Fox. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So a deductible donation, certainly. And people could feel good about contributing to something that is part of our culture as a community with economic impact. And I like to say how restaurants give the taste of our community. Well, the theaters are the ones that's getting part of that soul as well. Uh, So Bonnie, if someone wants to donate to the Fox, how can they go about doing that? They can visit our website at www.foxtucson.com. And there's information there. There's information about what you're supporting. There's information about levels of support and the kind of benefits that come with those levels of support. And you can do it right online. Or there's also a phone number there if you feel better picking up the phone and chatting with somebody. Um, And we are happy to receive, grateful to receive gifts of any size. Uh, It all makes a difference. So to that end as well, I'm assuming that folks can also go on that same web page and request future communications for these upcoming big announcement? Yes, absolutely. You There's a little uh, box you can click to sign up for our newsletter or e-news. And um, if you want to buy merchandise online, you can. Uh, we do have a number of shows that are actually still on sale online that are rescheduled events that Uh, But we're about to announce a number of new shows going on sale throughout the rest of 21. So uh, there'll be lots of opportunities for you to participate. That's just awesome. Well, I want to thank you so much for being with us this morning. Thank you for having me so much. I appreciate it. I am Amber Smith with Profiles in Business. I want to thank some of our additional show sponsors. We have Mortensen Construction, Cox Communications, Port of Tucson, and Bank of America. To find out more about the Tucson Metro Chamber and our events, visit tucsonchamber.org and shop chamber members first. And of course, we want to remind our listeners to keep Tucson cooking. Check out keeptucsoncooking.com. And remember that pre-COVID, restaurants were the third largest employer nationally. For us here in the first United States City of Gastronomy, Our restaurants mean more than jobs. As I said earlier, they make up the taste of our community. So please get takeout, dine in, or write a five-star review for your favorite local restaurant. They need you now more than ever. Again, check them out at keeptucsoncooking.com. See you next week and enjoy the rest of your day.